Welcome, everybody, to the PlayStation Nonplussed podcast, where uh, we, the, again, three plus cateers, hashtag three plus cateers, talk about the offerings on PlayStation Plus every single month uh, until the heat death of the universe. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Dorman, and I am, as always, joined by Kirk Martin. Uh, I did not sign up for this three plus cateers. And Chris Hendrickson. Well, thank you, my lord. Hello, hello. So, so, uh, my lord, Chris Hendrickson, Lord Chris Hendrickson, fellow lord uh, to me, how has your March been? Oh, man, March was just freaking busy and um, kind of a bit of a train wreck for me, because I got a, a, a two-year-old and a two-month-old now, um, but I am glad for this change of, like, weather we're having here. It feels like a new chapter. So I can be like, yeah, March is over. April's coming on now. This is. This you is can tell. You can tell we're all in our thirties now because we are. I'm super stoked on the weather change as well. <laughs> it's fucking great to be outside and just That's... unleash the monsters outside and watch them get hot and sweaty and just go right to sleep. Just perfect. Just. Perfect. How about you? How has your March been? Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, it's it's been it's been temperate. Spring is springing. Uh, like you guys said, it's very exciting to see these weather changes, and uh, it kind of went away for a little bit there, though. I actually it saw tried. S- I saw snow on Thursday. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, it, old yeah. man Winter definitely tried to come back, and yeah. I think uh, I think uh, the Easter Bunny shot him dead in the head. <laughs> I think the Easter Bunny <laughs> committed a cold-blooded murder <laughs> on uh, Old Man Winter. He uh, ripped his head clean off his shoulders. It was it was grisly. Uh, which speaking of grisly. Look at this uh, this not good segue. Let's talk about the uh, games from March. Kirk, come to us from the future. Tell me of this PlayStation 5 video game that we call Maquette. Uh, so from in the future, all games are games within games. And you do one thing in the game to do... To, 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 deal with something outside the game which is actually happening inside the inside of the game it's fucking wild welcome to the future uh maquette uh developed by annapurna games it's their debut game um it's an adventure puzzle game that tells a story of a couple meeting falling in love and falling out of love it's fairly brutal at times um this game has a lot of high points for me and a few low points but uh we'll get into that um they do an amazing job uh conveying feelings throughout um the game uh, mostly through great voice acting and music um you'll recognize one of the voice actors at least i think uh bryce dallas howard to me she was most recognizable from black mirror she was in the debut episode of season four uh, called Nosedive. Uh, she's the uh, lady running around. Did you guys? Do you guys watch Black Mirror? Do you know of this? Have you yes. heard about this? I've watched some older ones. Yeah. Uh, well, in I guess it was the newest season. The first episode. There is a there's a lady who's trying to up like it's a society of social scores. Hindu. I think you you've talked about enjoying this, and you can you get perks for having higher social scores. And she's trying to raise her social mm-hmm. score. And she just loses her fucking mind trying to raise her social score, and it's it's a nice nice little spiral. It's a 
it's a tough episode to watch, even though it's one of the lighter episodes, I think, of Black Mirror. It's, it's, it's Black Mirror's Meow Meow Beans episode. Let me tell you. Okay, you just <laughs> derailed this. I think Meow Meow Beans is my favorite episode of Community. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I'm a big fan It's of that. very fucking good. We don't uh, have time. <laughs> we don't have time. And Bryce Dallas Howard is also in the Jurassic World series, which she's probably more rec- recognizable for, I assume. Yeah, she's uh, in some Shyamalams. She's uh, laid the titular lady in the water. Uh, Is she? Yeah, she was the blind girl in the village. That was like her first role. Yeah. Oh, that's her. Yeah, Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I I see the Howard man. I, that doesn't mean I know people. You know, I don't know people. Hey like, man, you pulled out Kyle Chandler earlier. That was that was. Yeah, that was he's a deep he's cut. so he's so bad, Chris. I had to look up who the fuck this guy. Was. <laughs> Anyways, Seth Gable is the male voice actor. I don't, I don't know him. Uh, apparently, he was in Fringe. Well, we can ask Dave about that. Yeah, whatever. Um, they do a great job at like the the voice acting parts. There's a lot of emotion, and you can feel like the love in their voices as well as the strain of their relationship falling apart, and it's it's fucking brutal. And that's only highlighted by a soundtrack that I think the high point uh, is dealing with. Uh, the artist's name is Meredith Edgar. Uh, I actually like follow her now on Spotify. She doesn't have too many f- followers, but I suggest you guys go take a look at it. The two songs that she did that are on this game are Tidal Wave and Blue. definitely make sure we drop a, a couple snippets of those in this episode so you guys can hear it but um she's just worth a follow on spotify regardless um so maquette is a puzzler uh the weakest part of the game is probably the puzzling uh you guys probably saw me struggle a little bit on the early in the early game uh on our stream um and it it was it wasn't that it was tough i think the game had a tough job conveying what it wanted me to do to solve the puzzles and once I got out of chapter one and two, though, things started to come together. I, I just, like I said, chapter one and two, I don't think they did a good job teaching you what they wanted you to do. Chapter three and four, I started figuring it out. And then the end of the game was was pretty much a breeze uh, going through. Now, one of the, Speaking of being bad at puzzle games, though, and once again, it might just be because I was bad at puzzle games, I got to use the new PlayStation 5 assist mode. So uh, I think we talked about it a little bit in the uh, the stream for Control, and I got to use it a little bit here. And they did a good job of not giving away the puzzles, but leading you in the correct direction or giving you an idea of what you were supposed to be doing. And uh, this culminates in one of the best puzzles at the end of the game where you actually end up moving the entire world that you're within and the outside of the world changes, and it's, it's fucking insane. Um, so do I like Maquette? Yes, because I am a I am a sucker for heavy emotions and good music. Always, they'll they'll get me every time. Uh, the puzzling, like I said, wasn't my favorite part of the game. But beyond that, I was driven to complete the story, figure out what was going to happen between these two. And it's kind of funny because 
you know, if you play Maquette, play Maquette. Uh, I'm probably going to play it again here soon as well, just to get a better feel for it. But it's one of those things where, you know, all these games we play, they always end with, like, the world ending, or you saving the world, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's just, all the stakes are so high. And with Maquette, it doesn't end with, like, an explosion. It ends with just, like, the air being let out of a balloon. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I'm deflated, and I feel things. But, like, you know, it felt kind of real, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I, for me, uh, Maquette is plussed. It's, it's fun enough, but it's short and it tells a good story and has great music and great voice acting. I think that's what really puts it over the edge for me. And also it's your, you know, your membership card in the club of super elite puzzle gamers. You beat I, Maquette. I beat Maquette. What's <laughs> up? Punch my ticket. <laughs> And it's the only reason I'm here as one of the three plus Kateers is to play PlayStation 5 games and hate myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you've accepted it. Oh, yeah. I've accepted hating myself being a part of this group 100%. You created this. I, yeah. And it's gotten away from me, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You really uh, this one get away. Anything you guys want to know about Maquette or anything interesting? Or Well, you know, I had to look up the definition because I was like, what is oh, a Maquette? It's like... a diorama. It's a small diorama. So yeah. that's kind of one of the cool things. Like the name goes with what you're doing in the game. You're manipulating a diorama within a diorama, which spoiler alert, which is within another diorama. At My one God. point of the game, you're doing three, you're dealing with three levels of size and manipulation. And it's like Inception. Fucking, it's yeah, it's fucking wild. <laughs> Like, it gets really cool at times, and it's really lame at other times, just dealing with the puzzles. But, like I said, the the story and the music is just, every time I get a story bit or a music sting, I'm, like, back in it. Like, let's go. Let's get another. It's like the moody indie movie. Oh, I, I'm, I'm all about those. Nick and Nora's <laughs> Infinite Playlist. Let's go. It's a mumblecore <laughs> game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is actually a growing, uh, uh, genre, I would think. The mumblecore video games. What is that? Just, you know, your, your things that you would expect to see made by A24 that isn't like a horror movie. Like, anything that, like, the Duplass brothers would make. Uh, I don't know. Your, your life's is strange. Your, your mechanics. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. These games that aren't, you know, traditional, targeted at traditional gamers who want to rise up. Uh, but more so for casual gamers who might find something they like here, something that speaks to them. Who want to feel and I, feelings. And I, I think a lot of people could find something out of Maquette. Um, as a game, it's not great. As a storytelling device, I think it does a pretty good job. Yeah, and I think that genre carries a value that, you know, it can it can reach past you. You might, don't need that perfect, tight gameplay if you have something that speaks to somebody on that emotional level or, you know, connects with somebody. Totally. Uh, in some way. Speaking of connecting with people in some way, let's talk about a game about building a squad. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Hendu, why don't you give us a little little taste of your feelings on this one? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I have a lot of feelings, too. I'm, I'm part of the camp that has played the original back in the late 90s early 2000s and wait there was an original game 
Oh yes, because are you talking is, uh... about like Final Fantasy six one through six? <laughs> I'm talking about the original Final Fantasy seven, not Final Fantasy seven remake. Uh, that's I feel like that's the hardest part of this conversation. I want to try to leave out as much as I can about the original and just you know judge this as an individual game because it spoiler alert it kind of is in its own individual game. Um, but you know of course it was developed by Square Enix, Squeenix. And it uses Unreal Engine 4. Um, so it looks fantastic, especially compared to the the original. But it's it's crazy because the original came out at the time of, you know, N64 and PlayStation just coming out. And you had this leap from 2D to 3D. And suddenly you get this amazing, timeless now RPG. I remember What's this that? being, I remember this being like the, uh, in movie theaters... Like, you know, the next-gen things talking about, like, N64 and PlayStation. And it was, you saw Final Fantasy VII up on the screen, and you're like, look at those graphics, those are crazy. Yeah. And, like, just thinking <laughs> about today, it's like, wow, what a bunch of dog duke that was. Hot garbage trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it did a lot of things that were charming and surprising and pretty emotional at the time. And I think a lot of it translates still, you know, 20-plus years later. The music is gorgeous. It's, it's, you know, of course, this entry in particular in the Final Fantasy franchise is known for its epic scores. Um, and it has a lot of the classic elements, but a new twist. Because, you know, Kirk, I know you love this new this new combat system, the ATV plus live combat, right? What's funny? Yeah, I really do. So what's funny about this is I feel like they've been trying to hit this since, like, 2005. That combination of JRPG... Uh, mechanics because I love a turn-based game I like taking my time plotting out what the best course of action is and having an action and reaction in a, a slower pace that's just like I'm not a hardcore twitch like good action gamer you know what I mean so I like the JRPG feel but I also that's I don't have time for that kind of shit now <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> I I need yeah I need to get going and you know Kingdom Hearts they tried and I I don't think Kingdom Hearts had did it well for me. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, I haven't played 3. I don't know what they did there. And I dipped into Final Fantasy, and I played like Final Fantasy 13, and that was just pure action, right? They didn't even do uh, pause or any gauge. Or there was a gauge, but it didn't pause the combat at all, correct? Do you, does anybody remember yeah. Danway play that one? I think, I think I only played 12, and that was a bit different. It didn't have that kind of a functionality either. But I dipped into 15 here as part of the Plus uh, collection on the PlayStation 5. And I was like, all right, let me play play around with this. And then, you know, get ready for Final Fantasy VII Remake or whatever, how the combat's going to be. Because I assume they just stole it from the... They lifted it from uh, 15. And I thought 15's combat was utter dog shit. <laughs> I was, like, completely terrified. But this game fucking nails it, man. So... You can get in there. You can just get your hack and slashes on, but then you can drop it down. It slows the game to a proper pace. The action isn't stopped, but it's just about as good as being stopped. And you can get commands into all your characters and keep keep things rocking and rolling. Um, the menu is smooth and easy to navigate. And it's funny because I picked up the game for about a week, fell into Remnant, and laid off it for about two weeks and then picked it back up. And I was still easily able to navigate the menus and be effective in combat then i it's great and that atb yo i'm all about mm-hmm. the atb uh the atb limit uh limit 
materia. That's my shit. Mm-hmm. Get three ATB gauges and let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. The, the ATB, the materia system, the limit breaks, all of that great stuff is back. But then now you finally, it feels more flowing. It feels mm-hmm. more... Uh, it feels modern. It's more immediate. Yeah, it's modern. It's that modern action. Um, so it has all of that, um, the, those classic elements, plus, of course, the, the scenario of the elite versus the, the slum people. That's always like a potent metaphor. You know, you can jump forward in time. That's still going to be a great story to tell. So that's that's still there, of course. I was. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go. I, you, you, were just, you were just dipping into the... Uh the elements of the stories i guess or did were you going to talk more about the stories before i like jump in oh, here I mean, we, we'll, we'll we'll jump around on that of course okay what, what do you want to say? uh like when i fired it up and i was you know chapter one i'm like this game seems old <laughs> like <laughs> like i was like wow i hate barrett's character he's it seems like he's been written out of two the year 2000 and sure enough like that's probably what it was and like it it seemed very old and very like on the nose it seemed too on the nose mm-hmm. but i mean as the game continued i was like okay it's not that on there's there's a little bit more subtlety to it and it's very nice and um there's especially things that come in with with cloud that i thought were very interesting but i want you to get back to yeah it does it does start with those tropes but then you do get the development later on um the like the, those characters grew on me because of that but i have to say with this shift into the modern age or i don't know if it's like just using modern japanese culture in there kind of infusing that at times the jrpg sort of social interaction was a bit weird like that people are just smiling too much all the time mm-hmm. or um jesse 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 at the beginning where i was like point, some of these npcs it's just forced and uncomfortable dialogue that that was you know? one that was very one where very weird thing about the game and it like i said it probably stems from like a japanese culture and updating an old like a was it a 25 year old game 20 year old game when did know, you say it came out the remake not the original <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's about that old yes. so like Barrett seems like a very poorly written black guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like okay, we probably shouldn't write the only black guy in the game that way. And same with um, like Tifa and Jess seemed a little not right for 2020, 2021. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's back. <laughs> okay. We got Dorman back. Dropped and now he's here. I was about to say, I just assumed he hadn't played the game, and that's why he wasn't speaking. (laughs) (laughs) I got really bored talking about this anime weeb stuff. It is very anime weeb. It is. It's awesome. It's so good. good, (laughs) The game is anime as fuck. When you have that first battle with the dude on the motorcycle, (laughs) like, oh, fucking A. And then it just, it's anime as hell. And. I never knew why Cloud was able to do the things he did. It's like, and they're just like, we, we just made Captain America and sent him and shipped him out. That's why he's awesome. I'm like, cool. I'm down. Whatever. <laughs> he's a super soldier. I fucking, I fucking love it. Um, one of the things that like really got me into the game, when I first started playing, like I said, I thought it a lot of the interactions were very weird, and I was not into it, but I felt like my interest in the game was directly correlated to 
clouds uh, the way he went through the game. And I noticed that. And I thought that, like, specifically in dealing with Aerith's relationship. And I was like, wow, that's very, they did an excellent job. Because at the beginning of the game, Cloud's very aloof and uninterested. You know what I mean? And that's how I felt playing the game. I was like, ah, okay, I'm just going to, like, do this for the podcast. I'm going to work through it. Like, it, it's got it's got to get better. And then you run into Tifa, and he's like, okay, I'm I can I can be a part of this, and I'm thinking like, all right, let's let's do this. And then we get into Aerith, and I thought Aerith was the most annoying character ever. I was like, <laughs> wait, people like Aerith? She's fucking terrible. Like, I hate her. I can't stand her. And then you spend what three chapters in a row with her, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I would die for Aerith. <laughs> Nobody better touch. <laughs> Nobody better touch her. And. Once again, like, you know, cloud lightens up and my, my interpretation and my interest in the game, like, lightened up. And I was more interested in the game and more, like, affected by what was going on. Like, I needed to go save Avalanche from the plate being dropped and stuff like that. Like, I needed to do all that. You know what I mean? I It wasn't like, all right, I'm going to do it because it's a video game and it's the next thing I have to do. Like, I wanted to, like, save these people. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they really captured that well, I think, too, where in the original it took five hours to breeze through this part it really they're really pulling you in and getting you invested a lot more um for this it's the very early midgar chapter of um of the game um which i also i like how in in kind of a bigger picture this was done on ps4 right we have a we have a intergrade expansion coming out for ps5 which is just like a little chapter you can play but both of these are developmental spring developmental springboards for what i'm really hoping gets to be an awesome part two yeah because the, la- the later part of this game is open world you're all over the planet you're you're doing all kinds of crazy I, stuff i'm very interested to see what how they handle an open world version of this game mm-hmm. because like i think it worked so well looked so gorgeous and was so tight because the game was tight you know what i mean you you didn't really have many options of where you were going or what you were doing every map is a was a corridor map you know what i mean it's um, terrifying. Is this going to be a trilogy? Do you know the rope? Does anybody know I, the rope for this? It could, it could be two no. parts. It could be four parts. They don't. They, there's no. Mm. We're, we're breaking canon here. It'd so be pretty you know, neat to, to make a remake. Tri- like it's a remake trilogy. It is what it is. I guess not call it remake. Let me let me get into some of this stuff later because <laughs> yeah, there is stuff coming out. Squeenix knows what it's doing. Um, ah! <laughs> uh, well. Squeenix knows how to make money, and that's what they're doing. And they know what they, <laughs> let's put it that way. They know what they need to do for Final Fantasy, I assume, to make more money. Yes. When does Lightning show up? Um, that is a crossover game. We're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> um, so as I as I played the game, late, like later on, kind of impressions that I had were that I thought it was really impactful. Actually, how they captured the sort of crowd effect. Of you know you're walking through a cloud crowd and you're hearing all the different people talking in the original and for all the old RPGs you had to walk up to each person hear you know talk to them hear what they were saying which always felt kind of weird because nobody does that in real life you don't walk up to and it was such and... a fucking waste of time and yet yeah. I I always do it in every fucking game that lets me talk to everybody because you, you who knows what you'll yeah. miss if you don't talk to that person in town yeah there yeah. might be a clue for some other thing like this game doesn't do that they don't they don't make you try to do that it's it's the immersive effect of oh you're near these different people they have different concerns and they're talking about them and running to do those those things everybody has their own lives going on kind of thing um which i thought was really cool to you know represent in an rpg in a world this brought in a sprawling city that's full of life 
Um, and speaking of, all the RPG side quests, those weren't there before. Some of them were a little bit annoying. I actually definitely agree with you there, man, because I know you felt that. <laughs> they were a bit fillery. They were, they were very fillery, but I think, once again, like, they might have been, I would argue that maybe they were necessary to give me time with, like, Aerith and Tifa and really care about those two rather than just me. But, I mean, you can skip them. You don't even have to do them, correct? Yeah, that really, all, all of the, 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 like, decisions and quests, all they amount to are the different types of dresses that you get for Wall Market and the, um who you hang out with at Eric's house at one point. It's like a cutscene. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of, I, but I did them though, just cause you know, obsessive RPG guy, I got to do them. But then Mm -hmm. I felt like I spent that time with those characters, like, you know, set their materials, leveled them up. And I was like, all right, I'm invested in this character. That's what, how it always goes in RPGs. You, you invest the time you play with skills and like, now this is your child and nothing can happen to them. But you said the magic word, Hendu. Market. Let's talk about Honey Bee in. Let's talk about Wall Market. <laughs> that is the best moment in every fucking video game. Holy shit. The Honey Bee in. My goodness. I was not expecting that at all. And then, I was like, not prepared and I loved every second. I wasn't prepared at all and I was losing my mind. I spent time. I spent a good 15 minutes practicing that goddamn dance routine. Mm-hmm. Like, in any other game, I'd be like, fuck it, we're going in, I'll get through it, you know, the game's not going to let me fail. I was like, no, I'm going to fucking nail this. <laughs> the music the game, is so good for it, too. Which is, what, which is another thing about what made the beginning of the game so weird, of how, like, weird Jess and Tifa, or, yeah, Jess and Tifa and Barrett were with how, like, not modern they were as characters, and Honey Bee Inn is modern as fuck. It's like, <laughs> lose all, like, sexuality and inhibitions and let's go. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, you're beautiful, Cloud. Never oh, be afraid of dude. that, even oh, in a dress. <laughs> oh my god, fucking great. I, I Like, people need to, if you're not willing to, it doesn't even take that much time. What's that? Twenty hours in, maybe. maybe. But if you're not willing, if you're not willing to put in that time, just fucking YouTube Honeybee in at uh for Final Fantasy VII remake. It was one of my favorite moments of any game. This, you know, in plus or probably like if I played this game last year, it would have been the best thing that's ever happened. It's so fucking mm-hmm. good. Um, I I do want to mention some gripes now. So on the flip side of this coin. Um, hard. Mo- I played through hard mode. I platinumed the game. Oh, hard wait, mode wasn't wait, very hard. Pump those brakes, you fucking monster! Are you gonna be? Are you gonna be a degen every time we record this goddamn podcast? I, I just got lucky. This is the second oh. in a row where I've had the game oh, already. So I, I just got lucky it. about getting a platinum on. How many platinums do you have again? Twelve? No, it's single digits. Come on. Okay. All right. It's getting up there though. Um. <laughs> Hard mode was, it just wasn't that hard. Like, most of it was pretty easy. There were just a few fights that were hard that I had to, like, you have to have the right materia set up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they could have made it actually more, I don't know, tweaked it to make it more difficult. 
How many times did you play through the game? Did you just play normal and then hard, or you just went right to hard? I'll tell you what. I was getting real sick of the wall market scene, because <laughs> I had to do that many, many times. Oh. Um, but the, the whole game, I only played you know, twice through. Easy, okay. normal, and, and hard. Um, it was just certain... You had to get all the combinations of all the different stuff, right? So you have to... There's a lot of replay. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do it the most efficient way. Um, but anyway, so so the hard mode thing is one. But the other... And this is a very contentious thing for uh, especially long-term fans was Chapter 18 it was entirely brand new. And the storytelling felt very jarring because it was going someplace new that had never, you know, happened. So there was new dialogue, new stuff. And you have, you know... Cloud doing flips between falling rubble where before all you were climbing ladders and walking slowly across planks. So that was like, wait, what? Now you can do this? Where was this before? Why am I not doing like front uh, flips? He's a, he's a super soldier, Hendu. I don't know if you know this about Cloud. <laughs> he only does it when he needs to. <laughs> I don't think Cloud's ever mentioned this or anybody around him has ever mentioned that he was in Soldier. So. <laughs> Maybe you want to just get all the way off his back. It's <laughs> too much '90s tune. Oh my god, he—he's he, cool but rude. Give him a break. Uh, yeah, I thought that um, there were a lot of things that the things that bugged me about the game. It's one thing mostly is like walking around town and trying like Chadley, Chadley. The first time I ran into Chadley, I heard him, like, saying his little come talk to me line, like, every five seconds, because I was just walking back and forth, like, hey, it's sir, got- sir, <laughs> yeah, hello, <laughs> sir, it's gotta be the, the child who's talking to me, and I keep walking up to this child, and I, if anybody saw what I was doing, because I'm just, like, circling this child, facing him, <laughs> like, prompt me to speak to you, boy, uh, and it, boy. it took... Boy. I'd like leave the area and come back and then I could talk to Chadley. It's just things like that where like you have to be on just the right spot. To oh, dude. Opening, opening the chest. When you're just yeah. like, I'm just trying to run through this world, open this chest real quick. And it's like, what? Wait. Yep. Step back. Go for it. Oh, nope. You missed it again. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, nope. How about, oh, you didn't hold triangle long enough. Oh, better do God. that again. Yeah, yeah. Better do that whole thing again, huh? Um, but yeah, other than that, like, Apart from that, Chadley is quite quite pleasant. I like yeah. doing his materia fetch quests and yeah. Oh, I like fun stuff. I like getting. I liked his um his summons missions were were super mm-hmm. sweet. I liked fighting those things in that in VR. Oh God, Cloud in VR, hysterical. It's fucking awful. I, I I told you my my big gripe was just uh was just with Barrett and Jess and Tifa at the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. very awkward and like you know, like I said, not uh. Not very 2020 characters, but then again, it is a remake of the game. Like, it was already written, and I understand it is what it is, but maybe not have the most, I don't know, obnoxious motherfucker play Barrett. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe don't have, uh, what was it? Jess humping your leg <laughs> the whole beginning of the game. Also, yes. Um, but yeah, maybe not have, uh, what was it, Terrible Terry Tate. Off the Terry Tate office <laughs> linebacker as a character in your Dude, in your video game. When he was screaming at the businessman on the train, I'm like, oh, Yeah, we're not we're not doing this, are we? Squeenix, please, for the love of God. Also, we're looking for we're looking for someone who might be a terrorist. Maybe the giant guy <laughs> with the gun for an arm. Maybe the only black guy with a gun Maybe for the an only arm. black guy I've ever seen. Also, he has a gun for an arm. <laughs> 
but as for the future though Squeenix knows that the live action plus the ATV is their new sauce and so they've got three upcoming releases I already mentioned the remake Integrade that's the um, the PS5 only expansion that they're they actually thought it was pretty smart they just made that really as an incremental development tool so that they can make part two faster you know what have been you know what have been smarter though is if they would let me upgrade my PlayStation Four version that I got for free on PlayStation Plus to the PlayStation Five version, and mm-hmm. then I would have probably bought Integrate, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to buy a whole. You know, after you gave me the game for free, I'm not going to buy the game just so I can play. Just so I can get it upgraded to PlayStation Five, so I can play Integrate. It's just not going to happen. Just wait. I'm sure it'll be a. Uh, we'll be doing this next year anyway. It'll be a plus. Oh. <laughs> at this rate. Oh boy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. But anyway, the other two releases coming out are, uh, to me, kind of strange. One's called The First Soldier. Um. It's it takes place in the past where a young President Shinra has a battle royale with his soldier recruits. Um. And so it's a mobile game. So I don't know how those controls are going to work <laughs> so either. it's a mobile game. Purchase um, and Battle Royale. But like you said. It so looks, it's a mobile game. Yeah, but like it looks smooth and rad as hell. I don't know if it's actually the game or if it's, you know, a production quality. You know, it's the marketing team or something. But it's mm-hmm. got that it's got that remnant run and gun feel. But also along with magic and ATB system. Huh. Okay. So it looks rad, but uh, it's like a mobile game. I don't know. Um, so that's the first soldier. Then there's also Ever Crisis, which it looks like it's going to chronicle the entire history of Final Fantasy VII, like the universe, um, with a little bit better than the original blocky graphics, but still kind of blocky. And then also having fully rendered high-res cutscenes at times. Um, and it's a free-to-play, but it's monetized with loot boxes. Um, so I'm guessing it's going to be like you pay five dollars to play Zack's story, you pay five dollars to play the original Final Fantasy VII. So. Over the over the twenty years that people have been begging for Final Fantasy VII content, they just decided, "Hey, twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, we'll just drop it all and make tons of money." Games as a service, yeah. Um, somebody actually also said this game's called Ever Crisis, right? And if you look at the naming of Final Fantasy games in the past, you get AC Advent Children, BC. Oh, shit, I forget what the spirits within. No, that's that was a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> you get it's you get like AC, BC, CC, DC, EC. So it's like interesting what they're doing with that. Hmm. Um, anyway, all in all, to be said, this is it's one of Sony's classic games. It's a classic RPG with a new twist. It's their poster child, you know, next to GTA and Metal Gear and all those. Um, for its both past and future legacy, um, I think you know I am absolutely plus on this game. I will play you know the next iteration as well and integrate. I like um, I like when Square Enix hangs around in a world. Like I liked how they did ten and ten two. I liked thirteen mm-hmm. thirteen two. I like this remake and how it's probably going to be, end up being a trilogy or whatever. I don't like how they keep trying to make us a new Final Fantasy in a new place with new shit going on every two or three years. I, I, it's kind of frustrating and kind of uninteresting <laughs> yeah. to me. But yeah, this is this seems fucking dope. It's a plus for me, dog. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it um, three pluses on that one. It's it's unbelievable that we got that game for free. Uh, we haven't even talked so about how soon. we didn't even talk about yeah. how gorgeous the game was either. Yeah, it's on, unbelievable. On looking. Ooh. Anime yeah. fights and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, two games down, one to go. Let's talk a little bit about Remnant from the Ashes. Hey, Chris, Preach. did you play this one? Uh, yes, I did. I played this one. Uh, oh, so, you, so, you, so you're going to talk this time. Yeah, I might talk this time. Um, so yeah, Remnant from the Ashes is a uh, 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 game, a video game. Now, it's a third-person shooter. It was uh, developed by Gunfire Games, released by Perfect World. Um, and... It's known for its uh, challenging gunplay and Souls-like bosses. Uh, we played a lot of this together. It was our stream mm-hmm. game uh, a lot this month. Um, I wasn't as hot on it as uh, both of you were at times. I think Kirk was absolutely uh, the horniest for this game. He drank um, all the Kool-Aid. I, yeah. beat, I beat the DLC. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Madman. <laughs> but, yeah, basically in it, you're a wanderer, I guess. Uh who you you wash up upon the shores of of what is it ward 13 uh, and you get pulled into their their problems while you're trying to also fix your world which has been overrun by uh this 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 virulent alien species that's made of wood <laughs> called the root um but yeah it's basically the whole concept of the game is the world ended in the 60s because somebody opened up a portal to a hellmouth and let this uh, root creature, this root species in, uh, and everything went to shit. And we are some decades hence. Uh, game's really fun. Uh, alone, you can you can, you can can level up your gear score and have a great time. And then you go and play with a friend and you go to the same place that you were in your world. And it's completely different. Uh, the, the, the map is completely changed around. The enemy types can be different. Uh, and you're going to be getting more than likely different dungeons that you're going into when you play with your friends. And different loot, which is the most important part. Yeah, and the most important mm-hmm. part, different different purple loot. <laughs> um, purpies. Yeah, getting that purpies. But yeah, it's it was really cool to uh, play on my own and then come in and see just like the amount of different gear that both of you were getting from your runs through the game. Um, like... You were just seeing bosses that I did not see. I know that I saw a couple that you probably didn't. Um, it's just wild to me that that nobody was really talking about this game, and it was just so cool and innovative while still using some uh, you know uh, cliched mechanics. Dude, absolutely. I I fell in love with this one. Uh, like you said, I um after I I didn't beat the game initially. I I was trying to keep pace with you guys and not outpace you. So I was just re-rolling earth on uh the adventure mode just to get all that loot and i think it took me four or five times to get all the loot out of earth and i'm still missing one thing because i didn't shoot the dragon's tail off but like it's it's crazy the amount of time you can spend in that game and like it's simple the 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 combat rotation is like it's easy to get and fun to do like it's just awesome to be in that world and play the fucking game man it's 
we are we are always like really high on um video ass video game ass video games and this is this is one of those mm-hmm. man and it feels fucking good to play and those mods every time you get like a new mod you're like oh this new armor does this thing this weapon does this crazy stuff well, oh, but this mod yeah totally i remember at the beginning of the game it's like it was all focused on like my gunplay like how good am i at gunplay and dodging and like the build i have now it's like i stand in the middle of fucking thing and throw out all my spells and just watch shit die i don't give a shit i just stand there <laughs> like hit me Yeah, no, I don't know that. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say I, I loved also finding the unique bosses and getting the cooler and beefier weapons. I also dropped real hard once I couldn't get those Wolverine claws. <laughs> I was I was done with the <laughs> you game. You were so audibly upset. Yeah, you were pissed. And that's true. <laughs> and don't gonna put your dog down. <laughs> it was so fucking good. Uh, that that's another thing we should talk about though. How great the multiplayer was in that game. Like, mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to drop and drop out. One thing that you have to be concerned about or watch out for is matching your friend's gear scores and making sure you don't outpace them or outpace yourself because then you're going to have a bad time. But I even mm-hmm. found later when it came to the late game and you're working on builds, it didn't really matter. Um, the one, our one friend of the show, uh, Rocky, and uh, he um, he brought me in his game. He He didn't know how the gear score worked, so his focus was all the the early level gear he jumped it all to 20 like right away got it to 20 and was having a lot of tough a tough time with a lot of the bosses and i was like well and to me it was like well you you out leveled your world like it'd be safer to start over now than to than to you know try and grind it out but i jumped in his world at 15 and i was able to i was able to hang just with like a build and decent mods and stuff like that, and, and that felt pretty. That felt good, and that was that was nice to do. Uh, that's, I guess, one downside of the game is they really don't yeah. explain what the fuck is going on with the gear score. It's, it's very different than we might be useful. Like I started playing hard. I think me and Bucky did this. Mm-hmm. Um, we both started playing hard, and at first I was also just joining random rooms. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll, I'll progress this way. I think. Um, but eventually I had to just re-roll on normal and just play through linearly. It helped though. Like I got buffed up pretty fast and then i knew what i was doing and i could just roll that's one tip rough it was rough that's the main tip i saw on the internet was play the game once on normal and then like jump into adventure mode and stuff on hard Mm -hmm. and all those increasing levels otherwise you're fucked because you just don't get the skills and the the stuff you need to play the game unless you play it on normal yeah, that gear score thing was like the most annoying part of this game for me because it wasn't even that they don't tell you how it's calculated. It's that you can't see it unless you're out of the game. Uh, yeah, what the fuck? And then like, yeah. so you can't even play with and things and be like, so, oh, this changed it this way. And that was the most frustrating. It's like, hey, where are, we, where are you guys at so we can meet up and play? It's like, oh, we're at eight. We're at eight. And I'm like at a six. I'm like, all right, I'm going to upgrade a couple things. And like. It's like, hey guys, I'm a twelve now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Apparently, I don't know how to do math. I do like the the loop. The loop of this game is very reminiscent of mm-hmm. a Monster Hunter game, where it's just like you're in the main hub area. You gear up, you go out, you fight, you find a boss, kill it, come back, harvest its parts, and get a new weapon. Uh, you know yeah. what? I think you just like hit the it. nail on the head. That might be the nice. It's like a um, it's like a distilled monster hunter. It's got a little difficulty there. It's got a little bit of uh, you have to 
kind of know what you're doing and then you're gonna fight a big fuck off boss he's gonna give you something and you get something but instead of monster monster hunter where you're grinding out all those parts to get the one thing it's like i killed the boss once i make the thing and i go and kill the next one Mm -hmm. i like actually i'd say you're you're grinding out like adventure mode to try to find the boss the one time correct to get the thing yep yeah the amount of times I've fucking just rolled up on the end, I'm like, oh, no, I just want the dragon. <laughs> and then the dragon kicked my ass. Couldn't blow his tail off, motherfucker. I have to say also, the, the story was okay. The ending just uh, was a wet fart to me. I, the story was a gar- was garbage. But we're not there for the story. <laughs> no, I was there for the gameplay, and, and this has it in spades, man. Yeah, it's, it's not a particularly impressive uh, uh, story. I still don't really know what's going on. Why were there people? Were people? Was was the whole thing a dream? <laughs> also, was... I mean, yeah. If you have to even ask that question, the story was, <laughs> as Hendy put it, a wet fart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but overall, I mean, it's a no-brain for me. This game's an obvious plus. I, I, it's one that I can see myself still playing even after this month. Mm-hmm. I'm also plus. Uh, I'm plus two, and I am not looking forward to uh, December when we have to argue uh, which one of these moves forward, Final Fantasy or uh, Remnant from the Ashes. But, I mean, we could always just pick Maquette, so. We could always just say, yeah, t- uh, Ty goes to Speaking Maquette. of wet farts. Wait, wait for this, guys. Hey, guys, let me try this on. Speaking of wet farts, Kirk's got some news. I fucking hate you. <laughs> what a monster. What a monster. Oh, yes. All right. So we did have some stuff going on this month. This is the funny thing about the format of our podcast is that there's a lot of shit that goes on in a month. <laughs> so things come in, things come out and aren't news anymore. So um, we distilled it down to two things that I think would be interesting to talk about and that I think are actually news. Um, first up, PlayStation 3, the PlayStation Vita and the PSP digital stores are closing. Uh, PS3 and PSP. P are closing down July 2nd and Vita is closing down August 27th. Uh, so just make sure if there's something on those consoles that you own that you want to have, just make sure you download them. Like, I really hope that you you did get Remember Me on your PlayStation 3, right, Dorman? Yeah, you have photographic evidence of that. Excellent. All right, so we're good. All right, so close it, shut it down. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, I did. I read the little message that they sent out. I think they sent an email out um last week talking about it uh it says yet you're still gonna be able to like download things from your library but i never i i have a i have a hard time finding that option on the playstation 3 yeah maybe on the vita but i don't even think ps ps3 or ps vita definitely had like a library kind of system where you could re-download your games without like removing them completely from the console kind of like how the switch works things kind of are just hovering there i guess the same as the playstation 4 and playstation 5 work you can dip in your library but psp and the ps3 were kind of built on the same thing and i do not remember those things having any sort of library functionality unless you went into the playstation store and looked at your games that you owned but now there won't be a playstation store for those things so yeah so i don't fucking know i don't know i'm looking for just giant hard drives that i can get all this stuff oh, are you, into. you're and just, you're, do, you're getting it you're you yeah. want your you want your scalps yeah, I want my, I want my skin. And I, yeah, I mean, I've still got the PS3. I might as well do what I can to back that stuff up. 
Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I find this whole thing kind of a little shitty. Like, if the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 were better at backwards compatibility, like, it wouldn't bother me so much. But, like, I own... I guess they're licenses. They're not owned. This is how they fucking get you. I, I te- I've purchased... I've spent money for the licenses of games on the PlayStation 3, PSP, and PS Vita uh, that, you know, aren't physical. And, like, I know I don't have a PS3. I don't have a PSP, and I don't have a Vita anymore, and that was my choice and dumb choice or whatever. But, like, I've been toying with the idea of getting a Vita again for basically for the remote play, but I would love to, you know, fucks around with some Vita games and... And why aren't there options on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 to play those old games that I owned? I mean, I understand why there isn't, but, like, to completely shut people out of the even option to play those things here in a couple months, and if, you know, people don't know about that, that shit's gone. Um, kind of sucks. It sort of makes me think that, you know, you're paying to own something digitally, but in a way you're paying for access for 10 years. You're not paying really to own something like a physical cartridge that you could own and use later. And I think, and that's the big thing about, um, and that's the big thing about like digital purchases is that you don't own anything. You are basically purchasing the, you're basically, you're purchasing the license. You're purchasing the ability to play the game, download the game and play the game on your console. You don't own anything. You don't have any, like if you look at like what's going on, you don't have any rights to any of these games. <laughs> to tell you the truth, it, it's kind of shitty. So it, just... it seems to make a market there, though. For it's like bringing back the legitimacy of having a disc drive and having a physical copy, almost. It's yeah, but it brings I, it up. But I've known about this, and I I still don't want a physical copy. Like this is going to happen, yeah, and either. the same thing is going to happen to me when they shut down the PS4 store and the PS5 store, and I'm probably going to bitch about that then too. But it's going to happen to me again, and I, I guess that's just my choice. But like for people who love playing old games, older games, and want to dip back in that PS3 catalog, and don't feel like signing up for PlayStation now, I mean. Especially since they already bought the games. They already spent money on the games. Like, why should I subscribe to PlayStation Now to play a game that I own? That kind of sucks. Everything's coming up GameStop, baby. <laughs> this Re- guy. Reggie. This guy. Let me see those diamond hands, yeah. Dorman. Let me see those diamond hands. Uh, Reggie fils is just sitting over there with his diamond hands. Like, <laughs> jumped in at the right time. Turns out the world loves us. <laughs> the world suddenly loves GameStop, and somehow Sony has fucked up enough to back in to letting physical media be relevant again. <laughs> Thanks to hipsters. God damn it, Dorman. This guy over here, do you see these long locks just flowing in front of his eyes? And <laughs> I know, right? The pandemic. What a fucking monster. Is very oh, yeah. Hey, you're holding on pretty well there with two kids. You. you you have good genes there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Whisks hair in the breeze. Yeah. The key is to lose your hair when you turn 18, and then you don't have to, then you can always look like a dad. <laughs> what you got to do is you got to get your fade real whack. Outriders, uh, arguably one of the biggest games that's going to come out in 2021 because we're not getting many. Um, it was day and date on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, that's fucking insane. Wow. Brand new game. Arguably the biggest release for 2021. 
one of the biggest releases for 21 21 easily uh cross-platform cross-platform is just available on the xbox if you sign up for their game pass which you should if you own an xbox it's i i I don't know what to say i think that's crazy and on top of that uh the bethesda stuff is coming through uh i think that a lot of that was approved and so bethesda dropped a whole like a dozen games on game pass as well including disarmed one and two Fallout three and four and oblivion i i assume skyrim was a part of it but i honestly didn't see skyrim so uh, once again, like dozens of great games from a great developer, just like boom, here it is. So before when we were having an argue uh, conversation about Xbox Game Pass having quantity, but maybe not quality, like um, the PlayStation Plus service has. Now we're running into yeah, Game Pass has quality and quantity, and you see just based on the last thing we were talking about, and and X and PlayStation's having an issue with backwards compatibility and offering that up so uh my question is um can playstation plus compete with this um and and another question does sony need to compete with this does sony need to compete with game pass either of you chris can you give me an answer i think i think yes sony is going to need to eventually uh compete with game pass i think that this is the uh, the example of this, you know, Sony won a generation. So going into the next one, they they tend to rest on their laurels a little bit. Uh, not they're mm-hmm. not doing it nearly as much as they did after the PS2 to the PS3. But uh, this is something where I I can see them overlooking what's going on here and what's happening with this Game Pass because it is every day becoming stronger and stronger and people are talking about it and they have an opportunity there. I don't know if either, uh, either of you guys saw uh, the the one tweet that's been popping up lately of just like, hey, why not roll PS Now into PS Plus and charge fifteen dollars a month. As that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Hundred dollars, yeah. hundred hundred dollars a year. Put them together. Fuck it. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. It's you have the solution right there. Just go for it, and you have an instant competition at the very least. You're at least you're at least in the conversation, mm-hmm. and forcing Xbox mm-hmm. to maybe tighten their belt a little bit when they're you know right I now think, they're just trying to outspend you entirely in this realm. I, I think that would only put them that would put them on par. I think with old with game pass before (laughs) before outriders now i feel like maybe they need to do something extra or just making sure they provide like this cultivated service with playstation plus like hey this is the uh, you know two of last year's top games here's a final fantasy here's a remnant from the ashes here's a control you know that you have access to as part of this a part of playstation like that's great but yeah we need some sort of access to the back catalog to the old stuff the older stuff it's yeah you're right I think lumping in now gets them back in the conversation, but they they need to go back and make start making deals again. And and that was always one of the great things that Xbox had. I think is that they have the ear of the Western developers. You know what I mean? While uh, Sony does have the Eastern developers, but I feel like that becomes uh, less and less relevant, maybe, or less and less of what I'm interested in. I don't know. What do you That's think? That's actually Andrew? a really good point between the East and West. I hadn't thought of it like that before. Um, and I don't, maybe that's influencing actually some of the decisions. It might be just the the thought process and what's valued by each respective company culture. 
who knows if that's influencing stuff. Um, but I, I do agree. I think that PS Now needs to get folded in, raise the price, and and make PlayStation relevant um, in the conversation. And that that would be that would be that would be such a big move and such an important move for them to do. But uh, I, I think like Doran was saying, like Sony has always been slow on this stuff. They've they've never been the I feel like the progressive system since the PlayStation Two. They've always done enough that you're going to stick around. You know what I mean? PlayStation 5 for me, like, well, PlayStation 4, like, PlayStation 3 I thought was an amazing console, underrated. Uh, PlayStation 4 was a no-brainer. PlayStation 5, to me, was a no-brainer, but I always looked at that PlayStation, or at the um, Game Pass. Game Pass, I'm looking at it, I'm like, do I need to get a half-decent PC just for Game Pass? Like, it's in the back of my head, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's back there. I think about it. But I think maybe PlayStation is going to try to position... I, I thought I heard this before sometime last year. They want to be the Netflix of the gaming consoles, right? So, not and, and not just in terms of access, but maybe just in terms of also quality. If Microsoft can, you know, talk with other third-party developers and buy up a bunch of crap, even if it's sometimes some good stuff in there, too, but if Game Pass is also just third-party stuff that you can own anywhere, whereas Sony's got those exclusives... and that and that's and i think that's the key to the whole thing like right now game pass is the netflix of video games it's it's doing what sony apparently wants to set out to do um but if sony can offer something similar and be like hey sony exclusives are going to be day and date on on ps5 as part of your playstation now bundle or whatever and you know if they can pick up some other exclusives here and there that'd be great but I think right now Microsoft is eating their fucking lunch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's it's 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 a shame, but I mean, they are Sony is nothing if not as you were saying reactionary to these kinds of things. So it's gonna it'll probably take until Xbox has them in like a stranglehold before they make enough moves to win back that area if they ever are able to but that's how it always is is microsoft goes leaps and bounds ahead and then sony just comes back and overcorrects like hell gets on top again and just says oh well, here we go and it forces microsoft to innovate i kind of feel like sony's doing jack shit about it too with the high demand for the playstation 5 as well they're probably just chilling they're like yeah we're good <laughs> like yeah. people want our shit so fuck artificial it. inflation but the, we don't have any games but fine but the, but the thing is if people are getting fucking xboxes and they see how great game pass is and they tell their friends hey fuck getting a playstation 5 get an xbox like you but know that's the thing it's it's not like xboxes or xboxes are easy to find right now either like it's the same situation yeah, but you can get an Xbox One. You can That's run true. all. You can do. You can do Game Pass on Xbox One. You can take your PC and get hooked up on Game Pass and play with your, your play Fortnite with your friends between Xbox and Game Pass. You know, you can do shit. But I it's mean, not. I mean, I don't know. I don't see that as the as the same as a comparatively same purchase of somebody who's like, I want a PS Five, but I'll settle for this Xbox One and Game Pass. I, think, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to yeah. be a thing. Coming okay. from the guys who play PlayStation Plus games every month, let's go. <laughs> it's a it is a contractual obligation. Anyway, speaking, speaking of, of PlayStation I cannot, month, I cannot wait till twenty twenty five so I don't have to talk to you motherfuckers ever again. Yeah, I can't wait for the contract to end so we can just die. Um, so <laughs> next month's offerings. Welcome everybody, everybody. Dim the lights and welcome to the spookiest month of the year. 
April. April. Uh, ape ghoul. Ape, ape ghoul. Because there's ghouls. Uh, this is going to be a very... Do you, spe- do, you, do you want me to edit that out? Because that April, was terrible. April <laughs> Ghoul's Day. There we go. Can we pretend that was my first go? I fucking nailed it. I can got we this. pretend that was my I first can, take? I can take care of it in post. No worries. Just, I'm going to give you real quick. Um, so, Hendrickson, why don't you tell us about our first offering for next month? All right. The, uh, the first offering is Days Gone. Ride into a desperate dog-eat-dog open world of the Pacific Northwest. That's not really that dog-eat-dog up here. As drifter and bounty hunter, Deacon St. John. What? What? <laughs> what a fucking name. As drifter, bounty hunter, and former softcore porn star. Deacon St. John. <laughs> Risk the threats of the broken road on the back of your trusty bike as you face swarms of mindless, feral freakers. And equally terrifying humans. Unpredictable weather and different times of day and night can cause incredible danger and shocking surprises, and everything wants you dead. Devise your strategies and as you customize your weapons and skills, craft traps, and upgrade your bike as you try to survive the unforgiving wilderness. I like the pitch, man. It sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested. I've, I've, I've heard a lot of positive and negative things about this game, which leads me to believe that I'll probably end up liking this game a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is like that 7.5 Kurt Oh, yeah. Right oh, yeah, baby. Oh, but just, dorms. Just, just so it's known, um, this is all just straight up copy pasta from PlayStation Blog because yes. I think their pitch is yeah. fun. Their pitches are good. Freakers, though, man. Freakers. Yeah, what? Freakers. <laughs> Can we just all call them zombies? No, we'll sakes? call them what they're called, which is creamers. They are creamers. Oh, God. <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> Speaking of zombies, dorms, tell us about our other zombie game this month. Yeah, Zombie Army 4 colon Dead War. Um... <laughs> Read this, please. <laughs> so Hitler's hordes are back for more in this spine-chilling shooter from the makers of Sniper Elite 4 PlayStation Plus game. Explains a lot of things, by the way, <laughs> with the testicles exploding on the zombies. <laughs> Abominable uh, occult enemies, epic weapons, and a harrowing new campaign for one to four players await in 1940s Europe as you fight to save humankind from undead Armageddon. Continue the alternate history of Zombie Army Trilogy in huge new levels and uncover a sinister plan that takes the Survivor Brigade across Italy and beyond. So you see that title and you're like, oh, fuck, look at this garbage. And then you start looking at videos of Zombie Army 4. And I say, yeah, I want to I want to roll in that garbage. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> it just looks metal as hell, too, with the, the cover Damn. art. It looks like a Metallica album. There better and... be some fucking metal music oh. in that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I, I... I love a game that just leans into its its own insanity, and that seems like what we're here for. Four, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> Where were the others? Hey, man, this is continuing the story of Zombie Army Trilogy, the uh, the alternate history of Zombie Army Trilogy. I'm, so. I'm excited. You guys are definitely going to see this on stream because it has multiplayer, so I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, spooky, spooky zombies, and finally, in our trip to the spooky, spooky future... Oddworld Soulstorm. Oddworld's A returns in an action adventure platform set directly after the events of 2014's Oddworld New and Tasty. I never even heard of that. Which everybody played. 
Having undergone a transformation from clueless cog in a mega corporation machine to unlikely hero and beacon of hope, Abe must now save his fellow Madokans, Madokans by any means necessary. As you recruit more followers, stick to stealth and puzzle salt and puzzle salt? No! To survive or scavenge goods and craft an arsenal to liberate your friends. In Oddworld Soul Storm, you will begin to understand the power of many will be needed to solve problems that it that the individual alone cannot. Twenty twenty one. Let's do it. Yay. <laughs> An odd world game in twenty twenty one. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Shut up, Kirk. You're gonna eat your vegetables and then you're gonna love it. And I'm gonna watch you eat them on Thursday. It's gonna be delicious. I just cannot wait for one of you. <laughs> You got to get a PlayStation 5 so I don't have to go through this shit alone. Yeah, one of us would love to have a PlayStation 5. Can't get it, though, so eat your cabbage. Fuck. All right. Maybe it'll be fun. So, yeah, uh, big, exciting, spooky month coming. And, yeah, you never know. You might be surprised by Oddworld, Kirk. A lot of people seem to like Oddworld. Uh, but, yeah, Zomboids abound. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So let's just keep this train rolling and get on to plus ones. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Plus ones. It's part of the show where Kirk and Chris and I discuss something that we would like to talk about or recommend outside of the world of PlayStation uh, Plus. So uh, let's start with the the, 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 the Kirk. All right. Uh, So this month uh, I'm bringing a documentary from Netflix. It's called The Last Blockbuster. Uh, Yeah. It's really fucking good. And the coolest thing about this documentary, they obviously talk about the last blockbuster on Earth uh, in... Where the fuck was it? It was in the Pacific Northwest. It's up near you somewhere, Hendu. Not Seattle area, it's, but... Well, I think it's in Oregon. Yeah, it's in Oregon. Bend. It's in Bend, Oregon. And they just talk about the rise and fall of blockbuster, and it's super nostalgic, dude. It was... I, like... Catherine and I, we just ended up talking about like, oh, I like I can remember going to Blockbusters and like waiting in lines and getting your shit and looking at all the videos like you spent time at a Blockbuster. Like, am I going to get the snacks here or am I going to get them someplace else on the way home? Dude, yeah, absolutely. Like even like we still had the Blockbuster up at college and uh, Mm -hmm. we'd go there. I was a part of the club and I would get like a video game and a movie every week for like 20 bucks a month or some shit like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool nostalgic trip and it like made me happy and like sad all at the same time, uh, just because there's, that doesn't exist anymore. Like, uh, yeah, my kids won't have that experience and it was very, it's an experience that I kind of miss. I really, I really do miss it. Did I ever tell you guys I won a Blockbuster video game championship? Yeah, you told me, but you need to tell the podcast. Uh, what? This was uh, this was back in the '90s. I was maybe <laughs> seven years old. I was second grade. Um, they had for two platforms, Sega and for SNES, you could play either Judge Dredd or Donkey Kong Country. Um, it was special versions of the games. To in the Donkey Kong one, which I did, um, you had to collect like the most bananas in a time limit or something. And I ended up winning this thing after, you know, you get three tries to do it and your name goes up on the scoreboard and stuff. And you get some rad Marvel comic cards, you know, for um, for participating. Those are very rad, by the way. They're very rad. And I ended up winning this one at the store. I didn't move on to do regionals or anything, unfortunately. Could have gotten some sweet college grant money for that. Dude, you got to go to regionals. But I was just, I was just, you know, seven years old. Um, 
But were, you com- were you competing against adults? Like, Oh, I was competing was it- against adults, and I fucking won. Yo, fuck <laughs> I went home, and I practiced, and I ate my vegetables, Kirk. <laughs> how many uh, How many of their wives do you think you could have had? <laughs> That's seven All years old. <laughs> but what I ended up and winning was two free games <laughs> per month for a year. And, and a night with each hell. of their wives. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. So this is why you are the way you are today, because you got extra gaming in thanks to winning. Thanks to my gaming, I got more gaming. Yeah, uh, I I was an employee of a blockbuster for a good long time there. And um, also, I have very vivid memories of playing that first encounter with the frogs in Metal Gear Solid 4. At at a, at the blockbuster in Doylestown oh. on the kiosk that they had set up for the PlayStation Three. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, a lot of MGS Four was played in that blockbuster. Uh, so yeah, great. Yeah, so yeah, check out the last blockbuster on Netflix. If I mean, everybody who's listening to our show right now is of our age and has been to a blockbuster or something of that type. So like, check it out. It's like I said, very f- interesting nostalgia trip. Hendu, tell me about your plus one. Well, if um, it was any indication of how much I loved Final Fantasy VII, then it will be no surprise that my plus one is a, another Japanese release game on Nintendo. It's Monster Hunter Rise. It's fucking awesome. Uh, if you're not familiar with Monster Hunter, it would be probably very overwhelming to get started. Um, so I'm, I might not even say go for it, actually. You might hate it. Uh, if you liked Final Fantasy VII and you played it this month, get into Monster Hunter. Uh, I know it's an acquired taste. It's it's a, such a fun game. They have so many systems, though. So many systems going on even before fighting. I know you referenced before the the pre-fight rituals of like you go eat something or you know you check your gear, build some new gear from the monsters that you killed already, and um, and you go out and fight you some monsters. Um, you can fight with friends. You can do it by yourself. It's it's a great game filled with all kinds of course japanese ridiculousness what i particularly love in this entry is when they introduce each monster um you actually actually you have to set the language to japanese and it does like this traditional no theater presentation um in like the kurosawa black and white <laughs> you know filming of uh of this monster and it's you hear the the, the it's like no theater japanese no theater with the guy how he's announcing very very evocative and um very fucking nerdy so that's, a, that's intense in it. <laughs> i heard this was like one of the most accessible monster hunters though to get into like even more accessible than world like, it is would you say like it's... if you were gonna jump into monster hunter would you choose this one or world i would choose this one okay mm-hmm. yeah much easier to get into Still a learning curve, though, if you've never touched one before. It absolutely is. Yeah, game looks dope, but you're not going to convince yeah. us to play. What about your plus one, Dorman? Uh, yeah, so mine is going to be uh, Attack on Titan the final season, quote-unquote, colon, wink. Um, yeah, so Attack on Titan's been going for what, probably? It's been on for close to six seven years but it's probably got its fourth season i think we're in now uh it's we're getting to the end of it um there was uh, a bit of a time jump and now we're we're caught up with our characters and things are getting rough there's a time jump. i'm i'm 
I'm so excited to watch this uh, fucking show, man. I love Attack on Titan. I love yeah. where they ended up at season three, and I just cannot wait to get back into it. Oh, just too. hey, buddy, just go ahead and hold off because the the second half of this is starting up again. I don't know if they're it's the second half for the last like eight episodes that they're doing, but it's winter 2022, so beginning of next year probably. I, so. I, I, I'm I need to watch. I need I need my fix. Yeah, I I committed to I'm going back and watching it again at some point, but. Uh, so the, theme, the theme, I, I heard the theme. I heard the theme was changed, and I don't know how I feel about the, that. The theme is changed every year, sometimes halfway through the season, because it's anime. Don't That's talk how, to me. That how way. Else, You're not my real thing. <laughs> how else do you know that things are about to get real in the anime? Um, yeah, it's. But this season, I feel like it's a. I, it's going to be weird to hear this. It's Attack on Titan, but I feel like it's somehow darker mm. <laughs> than mm. it has ever been. <laughs> Like it's it, the the level of savagery committed against fellow human beings, or are this... they titans? Oh God, spoilers, um, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Chris. It's really something. Uh, but yeah, that theme's really good. It's really spooky. It's got a cool little ending tag that you don't expect, um, and. There's a huge cliffhanger at the end of it, so get ready for season season four point five. Dope! I'm excited. I, I definitely want to watch it. I gotta get caught back up. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that uh, will do it. That's it for my plus one. So that should be it for the episode of the PlayStation Non Plus Podcast for March 2021. I want to go ahead and say thank you to everybody who participated in the Discord and the on the stream and gave us feedback. You guys, as always, make us better and you make this more fun for us. Uh, you can find me on PlayStation Network at Dingo Sphinx. Uh, I'm at Master Cylinder. And I'm at Hindu. Uh, and you can email us questions and feedback at podcastnonplus at gmail.com. Uh, you can join our Nonplus Discord. There'll be a link to that in the show notes. And find us on Twitter. Uh, before we go, I do want to sh- uh, shout out uh, Bucky T, uh, Consummate. Uh, fan he's he's always there supporting us and he shows up for every stream every podcast and is usually pretty active in the discord and i just you know shout out for bucky t big fan of that bucky t uh as i was saying following us on twitter nonplus ps uh and that would have been a great time to have his twitter handle available because i know he has one uh you can see his two sick rocket league videos uh we'll get that in the show notes for you uh, but yeah, that is it. So thank you so much for listening. Up the stream every Thursday, 9 p.m. Stream every Thursday, Master mm-hmm. Sill. Thank you again for listening and stay plus. Hashtag stay plus. Three plus Kateers. Hashtag four plus Kateers. No, get rid of it. Bye. Bye.